Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast, coming to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley, and joining me once again, back from his Imperial mission, I'm sure, doing some dastardly Imperial work for, for the evil Empire, Mr. Joe Cahill. Joe, how are you today? I am back and ready to go. How about you? I am too. I am too. So we are once again back looking at our look through all of the movies in the Star Wars universe and asking ourselves the question once again, is Star Wars actually good? Last week we hit on episode one. And for those of you who do not know uh, or don't or weren't around, we scored it thus. Uh, I gave it a 55, uh, 47 out of 100, and Joe gave it a 55 out of 100 for a grand total of, let me figure out my math here, 102 for uh, episode one, The Phantom Menace. Uh, before we get started, Joe... Just roughly, what do you think you would give the Phantom Menace as far as a overall score? Thirty. Um, a thirty. Yeah. All right. And that all was to the choreography <laughs> okay. of the final fight. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that would make a total for episode one a one hundred and thirty-two. For, for, for episode one, the Phantom Menace. So now we're on to everyone's favorite movie in the prequel trilogies. I'm sure, episode two, Attack of the Clones. So how this is going to work is we are going to look at four different areas of the movie. We're going to look at the acting. We're going to look at the directing. We're going to look at the writing. That is the actual dialogue that is spoken by by the actors from the script. And we're going to look at the storytelling, which I consider to be separate from the writing because you can have a movie that has really bad dialogue but doesn't necessarily have a bad story. The story might be good. It's just the dialogue within the story may not be that good. Um, so I've kind of separated those two. So it is 20 points for acting, 20 points for directing, thirty Actually, points those for two writing. Are You've got on the oh. uh, list you sent me thirty for directing, thirty for acting, twenty for writing, okay. and twenty for storytelling. Okay, all right. I could not remember what I had. All right, <laughs> I uh, went looking so, back up from last week. <laughs> uh, all right. So, with that being said, let's start right off with the acting in episode two. Um. What do you, what was your kind of, what are your kind of thoughts as someone who's in the movie making business of the acting in episode two? Was it passable? Was it bad? Was it just something that they were just given what they were given and they had to work with what they were given? Um, thing. I, I would say passable and it's going to be based on, you know, uh, each actor. Yeah. Um, Ewan McGregor, top notch. Mm -hmm. Christian. 
uh, Hayden needs to work on his a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, I know. I mean, it was his big first big starring role, uh, but his delivery just was not convincing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the one thing I will say that episode one had the episode two didn't necessarily have was I think episode one had a lot more bigger name as far as established actors in it. People who were, who this might've been like one of their earlier roles, but they had still kind of had a few roles, you know, you McGregor had been, had had a few, had a few roles already. Um, Liam Neeson had been, had had several had several roles. Ian McDermott, of course, great actor. So you'd had you had a few more bigger names than than that than you had in episode two. I you know other than of course Christopher Lee, um, and Ian Sam McDermott. Jackson. You know there wasn't as much Sam Jackson, but still, you know Sam hadn't. Yeah, he had done a few by that point. He had done yeah he'd done a few. Um. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, it was passable. You know, it wasn't the best acting, but it wasn't necessarily the worst. Um, again, like I said, you know, when we get into the directing, we'll kind of get into that too, because I think it has it had the same issue that episode one had. Uh, but we'll get into that. Um, was there any one particular scene that stood out for you in a good way? From in a good way that, um, yeah, that you're like, oh, that is a really top notch act because I do have one. Hmm. I would have to go with Ewan McGregor and uh, during the whole Obi Wan Dooku scene when uh, mm. you know, oh my friend, uh, you know, forgive me. This yeah, that was me. good. That um, was a good one. That was good, but then we're talking two very established actors. Well, one one great yeah. established actor, and then one good actor coming up. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was the scene right after uh, Anakin's mom dies when he's in the the uh, the, the the hut of the San, of the Tuscan Raider hut. And he's holding his mom in his arms, and his 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 mom dies in his arms. For me, that was a great scene because it conveyed so much emotion without any words being said. Now, like I, you see the tears in his eyes, the you know the redness of the tears in his eyes, and I could almost feel the pain, feel the anger, feel the feel the just so much agony in Hayden's face right there. And for me, that was a real standout moment. For me, it was right there. Now, it's kind Kind of counterbalanced with the the uh, I, I slaughter them all the women the children just a few minutes later but for that particular one scene mm-hmm. so much emotion was conveyed without any words being spoken and I think that is the the hallmark of a of a talented actor is when you can convey a you convey emotion and convey what you're trying to want to say without saying anything at all and I think he did that really well in that one scene particularly. So that's a real, you know, standout scene for me personally. Um, yeah, but that, I do agree with you. <laughs> the, uh, that, that was the, a good uh, scene. The, um, I preferred him not talking. 
uh, yeah, he, he really loses his uh, focus, I think, when he has a lot of dialogue. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's part of, um, again, this is something that we'll go into, I think, when we talk about, we go into the actual writing of the movie and the dialogue of the movie, because I think a lot of it has to do with the way the, the, way the lines are written um, and the way the movie is put together and everything like that. Exactly. Sand. Um, yeah, I hate sand. Yes, exactly. Um, well, let's just get right to it. What do you grade the acting for episode two? I will grade it at a 15. A, a 15. All right. All right. I'm trying to figure out. All right. Uh, okay, I will grade it a. I'm going to give it a twenty. All right. I'm not sure how to. All right. So here we go. Uh, moving on to the directing now. Once again, like episode one, this was directed by George Lucas himself. And like I said, uh, this is falls under the same problem I think that episode one had was George having an open sandbox to do whatever he want and not really having anyone to rein him in. Um, you know, once again, being surrounded by yes men, once again, being surrounded by people who weren't going to look at an idea and say, maybe you should kind of rein that in. Um, not maybe go in that, that direction. Do you, do you agree with that assessment that that's one of the problems that, yeah, uh, it definitely is one of the problems. He, he also seemed to have a problem that he didn't have previously, you know, in the original trilogy, uh, especially, the, you know, the first movie. Um, his pacing mm -hmm. is, is very off for the directing of this. Uh, yeah. I mean, long bouts of slowness, mm -hmm. followed by an intense intense moment and then back to the long slowness. Yeah. So that yeah. that's the writing and directing. Yeah. You know, now me. he said he purposely did some of some of the some of his directing cues because he wanted it to be more like a 1940s serial. Uh something for like a, like that style of acting, that, that style of writing. So uh, that's one of his, you know, things he says. The reason why the dialogue is the way it is, and why some of the acting, you know, writing cues are, is because he's going for more of a 1940s Buck Rogers type of style, where it is overly dramatic. Right, but you also got to look at the length. Is um, you know, for the a better term, of, of, of a Buck Rogers. Yeah, but. The you know, length of a of a Buck Rogers serial from the '40s, it was short. Yeah, um, you know, it's what we yeah. call a short film now. But I mean, as far as like that, 
that that kind of acting that tone, style, that kind of but that style did, yeah. Didn't, to me, it didn't translate out to a a, a feature film as yeah. well as it should, you know, as yeah. it could have. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're used to okay, it's overly dramatic cliffhanger, and you're done until yeah. next week. Uh, yeah. yeah, this was I think it's the same. You can see, you know, overly you can dramatic say the same thing with like. Yeah. And you can and say the same thing with like uh, st- original series Star Trek with Shatner. It was the same thing. It was a half hour and boom, the episode was over. So you could, you know, get away with the over acting that you had. So Right. Um, you didn't get, for, if you keep doing the, the, oh, it was overdramatic cliffhanger repeat throughout the film yeah. and that got Almost obnoxious to me. Yeah, like yeah, he's he's thinking we're dumb. His you know the audience is dumb. You don't get Star Wars, so I'm going to dumb it down for you to understand. Um, hmm. I mean, I understand that's where he comes from. That was his time period. That's what set him on this um, whole idea in the first place. Was having watched those as a kid, but. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm a huge Star Trek fan, original series included. Would I shoot one of my short films or, or, or a feature in that style? Oh, heck no. Yeah, yeah. You know, not not a chance. I wouldn't want to uh, slow things down or um, mm-hmm. make my audience feel like I think they're not worth it. Exactly. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Um, Yeah, like I mean, it's the same thing as I said. Like I said last week, it's you had a situation where once again, like I said, where George had no one to tell him no. I mean, right. that's basically what it boils right. down to is as much. And don't get me wrong, we love George Lucas. He's you know he, he created one of yeah. He gave us this. He is he, he's he's the maker <laughs> to use a Star right. Wars term. But the, the, the dialogue uh, was very awkward. Um, um, even Christopher mm-hmm. Lee in that scene with Ewan McGregor that I was taught where Ewan's tied up, you know, hanging in his little force chain. Yeah. Even Christopher Lee struggled to get through that dialogue at that point. Just a yeah. touch. If you stop and think about it. Um, oh, my dear friend. And I, and you know what, what? It was like he was channeling Shatner from original series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, the awkward pauses and then the continuation. So, I mean, I'm going to only, I would only give directing a 10 on this one. Okay. A 10. Um, I, I, I'm a little harsh. I got to, I got to, <laughs> I got to agree with you on that one. Um, it worked a bit better for, for episode one than it does for episode two, for sure. Um, yeah. I'm going to give it a 10 too. Uh, I mean, just the, the just the titles change your expectations. Um, you know, Attack of the Clones. You're expecting an action film, and you really yes, did not get it was, that. Yeah, it was very much a um, rom com, a political film. <laughs> well, and a very it was rom-com, a rom-com, romantic, yeah, romantic it was a rom- comedy, romance. Yeah, without the comedy, 
No, well, no, they tried though. He did try to get the comedy in there, having him, yeah. you know, Anakin riding the beast and getting thrown and playing he's hurt and her falling over onto him laughing and uh, yeah, the little the whole scene with him using the force to cut her fruit and you know they tried to put those light moments in there that just didn't work. Mm -hmm. Uh yeah, yeah. So. We've, we've covered directing, we've covered acting. Let's now hit the writing, the dialogue. And we've kind of already touched on this a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, can I think on the I mean, this is, yeah. <laughs> the, the writing, but again, in the right spots is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and again, this is something that's almost indicative of Lucas. Uh, is this type of I don't want to say necessarily cheesy dialogue though it is cheesy at some points but this just very not even flamboyant but just writing in a way that no one ever in the history of the world has ever actually spoken no one well, speaks like they speak in Star Wars it's like Shakespeare with an 8th grade education Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's... Yeah. yeah. And again, uh, the same, yeah. like even with directing, he didn't have a Harrison Ford to slam the, the script down and say, you can write this crap, George, but you can't say it. Right. Um, and obviously even the big names didn't bounce on him too hard about it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, by, by that know, point, he was... Because I would think Christopher... Lee, you know, at least could have come back and said, I'm not going to say this crap. Yeah. That's and true. he had had some hard dialogue in his career. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, it could be one of those things that as an actor, you're just like, you know, it's a job. I do my job and, you know, I, I, I read what's on the script to the best of my ability. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know what was going on during there during that time, but um, it, the the actors I, with the with the writing, everybody seemed preoccupied, like they had something mm -hmm. else on in their minds the whole time. Um, yeah, I think they all wanted to do the you know take that writing that dialogue and do it a certain way, and were reined in by George, which goes back to the directing mm -hmm. score. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, as far as you know, the writing, storytelling, it's it's an important part of the of the whole background. But it should have had the title should have been more accurate. I think it disappointed. I mean, the attack of the clones is the last bit of the end of the film. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely focused more on like you said, the romantic part of it and the, you know, this kind of political aspect of, yeah, you know, what's going on. A lot of politics. And a major plot point, yes, it's one of your favorite scenes, um, but as a plot point, a major plot point, I don't feel it was even, it was like, you know, oh, they killed my mom. I killed all of them. Oh, now we're off to save Obi-Wan. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was just, it, it was kind of glossed over. It's like you he's know, over it almost it, makes... it, it didn't didn't feel to me like it was carried well enough, especially the conversation afterwards, to make mm -hmm. it one of the things that started leading to Anakin Skywalker's fall. Yeah. Yeah, I would almost have wished they would have left that until episode three. You know, and have that be kind of leading into him being one of the reasons he 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 starts to turn. Is that, and then you have everything else that happens. So, um, I mean, we can get into you know maybe yeah, another yeah, time well, I mean, about changes we made. Yeah, there's two two parts of that film that that's one of them where it's uh, you know supposedly a big part of the, his fall, and then the yeah. other is losing the hand. Mm -hmm. And and even that feels glossed over. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um. So what would what would you give the writing? I'm gonna have to stick it at ten. Okay. I'm going to go a little bit lower than you. I'm going to give it a seven. Oh, wow. You, you yeah. have say, a lot of the same issues I do. Um, yeah. I, I just felt like we were plodding along. It's like, come on. Let's, let's, exactly. let's do something. Let's, let's move the story forward. We know they're going to get together and have the babies. Let's, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So now we come to the final one. And... Uh, this is the one that we had some of the highest scores for in our last week's episode um, is the overall storytelling. Um, you know, this is something where I think usually he, he does a little bit better um, than in other aspects because he is a storyteller. Uh, I've often said that I think he would make a good D DM for a a D and D game because he is because he's good at world building. He's good at creating this whole universe in this galaxy and this overall arching story. Um, and as much as we wanted to cry it, episode two basically did what it was supposed to do. It bridged the gap between episode one to episode three and kind of helped set everything up. I don't think it did it as well as, say, um, the original episode two, uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back. But I think it was passable first for a story. It, it did what it was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Maybe in a roundabout way, but we got there nonetheless. Uh, what, I mean, right. what do you think as far as the overall story for episode two? It, it fits in his mythology, which is what it was yeah. supposed to do. It moves the story along. You know, bringing in Empire Strikes Back, that's a good point. Um, I don't know what the difference was and how he was foreseeing this, but in episode two, the romance was slow and plotting. Yeah. In Empire, it was a slow buildup to the romance, but they were still in danger the whole time. Yeah. 
So, you know, well, even again, when I think it has to do with the... when they're in the worm, you know, it's they don't realize just how much danger they are they are at the moment sitting inside the space worm. I I think the difference between empire and um I'm looking up something real quick. Um, is the fact that George wasn't wasn't really at the helm as far as the directing and the uh, the writing. Um, I think I don't know how much he he wrote the story, but he didn't write the screenplay. Right. Um, so so about Lawrence about the romance that really gets me though is. Yes, I see what the point was of dragging it out. That was supposed to show yeah. Padme's resistance to it. Yeah. However, she's, you know, voicing these concerns and I'm resisting and it's not going to happen while doing romantic picnics and intimate dinners mm -hmm. and very flowing, attractive outfits. Um, yeah. They didn't work together. No, no. So as far as yeah, storytelling, that part was way off for me, the romance. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I, again, I think, you know, it was, I don't know. It's, of all of the ones, I think this is the, has the, now that I think about it, definitely has one of the weaker stories. I think it's very plotting and very stretched out. I think it's something that you could have condensed down a lot and just told a, a much more simpler story. I think this is overcomplicated in a lot of ways. Right. Um, you know, if she had been know. resistant and actually shown that resistance. Um, yeah. You know, every time he starts getting gooey with her, she's like, shut up. You know, we're not going there. You're yeah. a child. Um, something like that. And then, you know, he, she knows that she has feelings for him and she's fighting them harder. Um, mm -hmm. just something to spice that up because yeah that yeah. was just slow that was just too much uh, setting up the whole assassination thing to force them into the hiding well you know as a personally as an assassin if she disappeared first place I'd look is her home world yeah she's the Naboo senator yeah. where's she going to go oh Naboo let's send our assassins oh, yeah. there to take her out you know that's that's yeah. just common sense um you know, traveling on the freighter. Yeah, like nobody's going to notice his Jedi robes. Mm -hmm. Why is a yeah. Jedi traveling on a, on a freighter like this or just a plain old passenger yeah. ship? Um, yeah. Just just too many things did not make sense as far as storytelling went for me. As far as getting the... These are the clones. This is why they, they're here. Pretty well. That, that yeah. went pretty well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I think because I think they would have... Stuck more with that, and have that be the the main point of of the storyline of the story, and then the romantic stuff be more in the background, like a secondary. But it seemed like it was the reverse. It seemed like mm -hmm. the romance and everything else was the main point, and then the creation of the of the Grand Army of the Republic was secondary. 
Yeah, and this could have been, been reversed. Yeah, this could have been episode two. Anakin and Padme fall in love mm -hmm. instead of Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I agree. Just, yeah, it didn't. It didn't fit well, and because of that, I'm going to drop it to a five. Ooh, ooh, wow. So you give it a five. I am going to give it, I'm going to be a little bit more lenient than you are. I'm going to give it a 10. All right. Wow, we so, butchered this one. Oh, we did. We did. It'll be interesting next week when we have Ray on to see what Ray, uh, what score Ray gives it. So, you give a five. I give it a 10. So, adding up the scores. Let's see, we've done all four categories. Okay. Acting, directing, so yep, you're right. Uh, let me add up the scores real quick. All right, Joe. Let's see. Dean plus. You give it a whopping 40, and I gave it a whopping 40-something. <laughs> 47. All right. Ouch, 87. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for a total of, what, was, what do you say it was? 87. 87. Compared wow. To, compared to the, what was it, 102. 102 for, yeah, for the year guys episode. Yeah. So once we get raised, we can compare them straight across. Yeah, it was but... 132 total after we put yours in. So unless wow. Ray really loves it. <laughs> uh, well, we ended this. Uh, we ended our look at this pretty pretty quickly, I think. Um, you know, and I think that that says a lot about the film right there, yeah. Compared to the rest of Star Wars, um, mm -hmm. but you know, we got Bad Batch. We can make a few mentions there. I caught the first episode. You've caught the first two. I caught the first two. What did you think of the first episode? Now. It was the several, world building, so yeah, it uh, was. And I don't know how familiar you were with the Clone Wars TV series and what Clone Force ninety nine was. The Bad Batch, as far as not like much. who they were. I hadn't. I haven't actually watched any of that. Um, okay, but they did a good job of the way they introduced them. Yeah, uh, when when they attacked, uh, yeah, you know, saved those troopers. That that was a very yeah. good introduction. Yeah, and the way they interact and refer to the other 
other clones. They refer to them as regs. They're the regulars. Right. They're just, you know, and the, the kind of, I don't know if you noticed, even the way that even before Order, Order 66 was, was uh, put out, the way that the, the regular clones acted and re- looked at the Bad Batch as being like, oh, those guys. Um, kind of looked down on them and, you know, like they were defects. They were mm-hmm. the odd ones. You know, when in reality, each one, their quote unquote defect gave them certain special abilities that other clones didn't necessarily have. Right. Except for that one clone when they first showed up. Uh, he um, was all, when they attacked from the side, he's all, yeah, Clone Force 99 kind of an attitude. Yeah. Uh, he's like, yeah, the safest. Look at him kicking ass kind of an attitude. Um, yeah. yeah. And the rest of them were all kind of looking at him like, dude, chill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um, it was always interesting to see Order 66 from the different points. That we've had it from different points of view now. Um, you know, we had it from, at the end of the uh, Clone Wars, we had it from the viewpoint of the clones. You know, we've mm-hmm. seen the inhibitor chip and how that worked. And, you know... Um, how it was how it was how it was used to manipulate the clones and right you know cause them to follow orders and like even the the one clone that was in the bad batch that went along with order 66 or tried to he kept saying the same mantra which was there's an episode in the clone wars where one of the clones has order 66 activated early and he keeps repeating the same mantra, good soldiers follow orders. Good soldiers follow orders. And you hear this repeated mm-hmm. um, in the in the Clone Wars, good soldiers follow orders. Um, which is something because was different for Clone Force 90, for the Bad Batch, because they always operated on the fringes. Right. They were allowed a little bit of leeway and a little bit of freedom because of how they were, you know, set up, you know, the fact that they didn't have a Jedi with them. Most clone forces had a Jedi general with them that was leading them. The Bad Batch didn't. Right. They were by they were a self-contained unit. You know. Yeah. Um, well, and you know, the fact that the chips didn't work with them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Except for the one. Except for the one. And even that was only partially successful. He just kept falling back on it. Yeah. Um, you know, when you think about it, because it's okay, we'll do what we're told. You know, not the yeah. immediate blind obedience, but it was okay, we'll take them out. Yeah. Until the others went rogue. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, it's going to be easy. It's going to be interesting to me to see where they go from this. When I first heard they were doing the, the Bad Batch show, and that Tarkin was going to be involved in it. I was hoping we would see more from the Imperial point of view, like mm-hmm. not necessarily have them turn rebel right away. Um, you know, maybe have you know, maybe have that you know further down the road, but do it more from like the Imperial point of view, because mm-hmm. um, I don't think that that view has really been 
shown a lot in any of the Star Wars franchises or, or movies or TV shows or or maybe a few books, maybe like the Thrawn books did. But as far as like the TV, you know, TV or movies, we haven't really seen anything from the Imperial point of view necessarily. Mm-hmm. And I think that would have been a good chance to do that to to show something from a different like like they always say in Star Wars, a different point of view. Right. Right. Um, but I understand why they, I understand kind of how they, how they did it and the way they're doing it kind of makes, it does make a little bit more sense the way they're setting it up. Um, and this is going to be from the earliest days of rebellion. There is no Alliance. Oh no, this That's is what I'm very, very to. beginning. Yeah. And w- one thing I know you haven't seen episode two, but one thing they set up in episode two is the chain code. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mentioned in, they mentioned it in um, The Mandalorian when he asks, you know, where's the chain code? This one sets that up oh, okay. as far as what that is. And basically, every citizen, if they want to travel, has to have a an ID, a chain code ID that's then put in a database, an imperial database. So it's a way for the Empire to, to keep track of the movement of all their citizens. So if you want to move off world, you have to show your chain code. That chain code is then put in a database that says, okay, this person traveled from this place to this place. So that way, if that, you know, someone commits a crime, their chain code is in that imperial database. And to travel, they have to show that chain code and they will be able to track them even. That's how the um, bounty hunters are able to track, track people too. They just follow the chain code. Okay. Because you have to have that chain code to travel anywhere. So they kind of established that and established like how the Empire was able to consolidate its power, not just militarily, but politically and everything else so quickly. You know, how they were able to do that was things like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So they did a really good job in, in establishing that in, you know, more world building um you know stuff like that so yeah and overall, i overall it was loved the little touch of uh a little bit of uh rogue coming into yeah. it with uh what's his name um Saul 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 yeah Saul Guerrero yeah that, that was, was good. a good that was that's okay now we see why he went rebel now one of the prevailing theories is that the character Omega the little girl. Mm-hmm. One of the prevailing theories that's going around is she's a failed Palpatine clone. Ah, we'll have to check that. That is one, it, and that's why she was on Camino. Is um, don't know if they're going to go with that, but that is one of the theories going around that she was a failed, a failed Palpatine clone. Okay. Um. Uh, so it'll be oh. interesting to see. Yeah, because obviously making Palpatine clones is not doesn't work. No, not not does not work very well. Um, (laughs) We saw that in you know the last film. Um, Yes, yes. Palpatine clones just don't seem to just too much dark energy or whatever it is flowing through. Yeah, Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing where that goes then. Um, Mm -hmm. Uh, Because they even say they talk about. 
Yeah, I think it was, I don't know if it was episode one or episode two, where they mentioned that, um, you know, she was like them, a, a failed clone, or a, uh, and someone makes a mistake. The Caminos don't make mistakes. Right. Everything has a purpose. Everything that it's made has a purpose. Even, even them, even right this you know even they, omega they want to they have check. a purpose right and yeah. and even in the you know legends books except they take that palpatine a little step further is hmm. cloning jedi is never a good idea no any force yeah. user um yeah they have a tendency to go insane mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. so that could all tie in too um yeah which is nice because one of the books that sets that up has Thrawn in it. Exactly. Exactly. And we know that's yeah. happening. So. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's gonna be it's interesting. Um, we because we haven't gotten much this early on after the fall of the Republic. You know, most of the things have been set up. You know, Rebels took place right before the. Um, You know, early, you know, the beginning of the Alliance. Right. Uh, the, the Rebel Alliance. That kind of set up the beginning of the Rebel Alliance into, like, the events of Rogue One and uh, the original Star Wars. Yeah. So it'll Where, be nice and, to see these individual small yeah. groups doing their own acts of rebellion. Yeah. Uh, uncoordinated, not working mm -hmm. together. Yeah. Uh, so probably sometimes we're going to find them working at odds to each other. Exactly, exactly. You know, it's going to be, yeah, I, I can't, it's something I'm really looking forward to. Um, the The art style, I like like going back to the original Clone Wars art style. Um, even more, you know, as much as I liked Rebels, I prefer the art style of Clone Wars a lot better. Um, which reminded me, uh, what are your? Have you seen any of the Clone War shorts, the no. old original? You have not. No. Um, I, I had a real problem with the whole idea behind cartoons for Star Wars. Yeah. Um, but I am slowly going to be working my way back to them, especially after I get this move done, or even while we're driving halfway across the country. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> catch a lot of it on online. Uh, yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. Personally, I was a fan of it. The the, the shorts. Um, I know a lot of people really really like it. I just couldn't get up beyond the art style, the way the the way it was the way the car characters were were drawn, and animated. Um, I don't know. It just wasn't my cup of tea. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will say stuff like, "Well, it was done by the same guy who did Samurai Jack." Again. I didn't really care for Samurai Jack. Yeah, for the we same get that. <laughs> you know, we we get that part. That doesn't yeah. mean I'm going to like it anymore. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is interesting. You know, it's interesting to see. You know, now that it's being brought into Disney, it's still not considered officially canon, as far as I know. But Disney does have them on the Dis on the Disney Plus streaming. Um, and it did actually give us one explanation for why General Grievous had his cough. And that right. is because Mace Windu crushed his heart. Right. Um, 
So, yeah. So that's your uh, um, Yeah. Yeah. So, 87. We hacked it. We, we, we did not like it. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see as we go through, especially when we get to the sequel trilogies, um, if anything else will be will be able to beat that out as far as the lowest score. Uh, um, I have one that might, but we shall see when we'll, we get there. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, well, I think that will do it for this week. Um, Joe, why don't you tell the people out there in internet land where they can find you? And afterwards, I have a big announcement to give you guys. So, uh, Joe, well, have at it. You can find me on Facebook or most social media, either under uh, Joe Cahill, director, producer, or Steam House Entertainment. Feel free to jump on, like, post, comment, send me messages, whatever. Awesome. And as for us, you can find us each and every week right here on War of the Stars, on Facebook Live, and on Twitch.tv, on the Facebook group. It's Facebook. Uh, it's Facebook Live Facebook group. <laughs> Anyway, uh, it is War of the Stars. Just search War of the Stars and your uh, look. Find the Facebook group right there. Also, Facebook page, Twitter. We are at War of the Stars One. You can also email us at War of the Stars One at gmail.com. We have a Patreon page. It is patreon.com forward slash War of the Stars. And finally, the big announcement we have, we have merch now. Uh, you can support the show by going to, uh, let me find the link, www.spreadshirtshop.spreadshirt.com forward slash shop dash war dash of dash the stars. I'll put the link in the Facebook group. Uh, links are already up on our Twitter page. Uh, go there, buy some stuff, support the show. We're going to be greatly appreciated. We got T-shirts, hats, mugs, you name it, we got it. Uh, with that being said, we're going to sign off here the same way we always do. Remember, this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the Force be with you. Night, everybody.